Yeah, work work has been pretty crazy lately. There's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, obviously, holidays and stuff are coming up. Uh, vacation and stuff. You got pretty much since the last time we recorded there. <laughs> The Rams game took a lot out of us, and, <laughs> and there's just been a lot of stuff going on since I got back at work over here in Virginia. Yep, 24-7-365, you're on the clock. So even when you're off, they can call you back on. Yeah, obviously it doesn't happen overnight. We're halfway through the season right now. The Bucks are two and six. This was, as you said, a very winnable game. We had the Seattle Seahawks, who are a very good team, in Seattle with the twelfth man out there, and for some reason we just can't seem to get over the hump and beat teams like this. Took them to overtime. Like you said, we were up multiple scores. And I don't know what it is. It just seems like every time we go up one or two scores, we, we take our foot off the pedal. And we go three and out. And then the other team goes down and scores. And then we'll go three and out again. And the other team goes down and scores. And then it's a whole new ball game once again. So I don't know exactly what they're doing. But it, it's just like it's, a, it's pretty much deja vu from previous coaching staffs right now. So... I don't know exactly what they do, <laughs> but they've got to change their their coaching style in terms of okay, we're up we're up scores. We can't we can't give up this game. Let's continue to to push it down their throat.
Yeah, I, I honestly don't think it's the player's fault. To be honest, you talked about the different coaching staffs and the different players that we brought in to try and try and fix up the secondary. I don't believe that it's the player's fault. Um, this offseason, it was talked about by Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians that they were going to use the players to their strengths. Well, I don't see that happening. I still see DBs 10 yards off of the receiver. Like you said, Russell Wilson took off on this past defense. Um, he was targeting Jamel Dean because he knew exactly where to go. It was Jamel Dean's first real game because Carlton Davis III got injured in pregame warm-ups. So Jamel Dean was not the plan to go out there and play cornerback for a full game. And I'm pretty sure he played almost every snap. So he's a rookie. I'm not really going to say much about him. You brought up Sean Murphy bunting. He's looked good. He's looked good since they inserted him back into the rotation. And you brought up Vernon Hargraves III. Yep, I think it's about time we, we consider him a bust. I, I, I think it's time. I think it's time because they know exactly where to go. Yeah, Vernon Vernon makes some plays, but it's still, it's still time. I think it's time that the bust label gets put on Vernon Hargraves. And in the offseason, the Buccaneers need to let him go. Yeah, it's very unfortunate, but there is a standout, if I have to say in this secondary, that is going to be an absolute stud and continues to prove game in and game out that he belongs to be the starter. Oh, Jordan Whitehead. Man, oh man, Jordan Whitehead continues to make plays on defense. If he could just improve his hands, catching balls, because he should have multiple interceptions this season. He, he's going to be a stud, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with this defense for years to come.
Yeah, definitely. You saw him a few times blow up some plays in the backfield. Like, when they bring him into the box, there's pretty much no stopping Jordan Whitehead. He's got the speed that it's going to be hard for an offensive lineman or a tight end to pick him up, and he's just going to come in there and blow that play up dead in, in the water like we've seen plenty of times this season. You mentioned the jug machines. I think, yeah, Jordan Whitehead should go and start catching with the jug machines with the receivers because I'm going to bring up a college player right now, Gabriel Davis from UCF. Um, every practice, he after practice, he hits the jug machine 200 times after practice to make sure his hands are solid. So Jordan Whitehead, although he is not on offense, his catching ability needs to improve, so he should go and do some catching drills with the receivers to better his hands. Burnt toast. Not even just quarterback, player, period. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't understand that logic. Like, they're, uh, you're making it an expectation now for your offense to score 30, 
five plus points a game to win because you're gonna give up a score almost every time you're on the field. It's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense at all. Quarterbacks like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, they don't have to score 30, 35 plus points a game to win. No, because their defenses can go out there and make plays when they got to make plays. So 34 points, I still can't believe it. 34 points and, and lose a damn game. Only the Bucks. Doug Martin. You you brought up Ronald Jones. Um, today, Bruce Arians officially named Ronald Jones the second to starter. So he, he's earned that title. You said he had 18 carries. I think that's the most carries for any of our running backs this season in a game. So that that's a positive coming out of that backfield. He only ran for 67 yards, but he ran for the opening drive touchdown for us. He set the tone. So... I'm excited to see what we're going to be able to do with Ronald Jones in the backfield starting. Bobby Wagner Bobby Wagner went right up the middle and <laughs> untouched. Bobby Wagner
Um, I don't even know. I think I think I think it's I think it's fourteen million dollars. I think it was twenty seven million guaranteed uh, to be one of the top paid left tackles in the league. And week in and week out, he has at least one play where he's blown into the quarterback and something happens back there in the backfield. And unfortunately, in this game, his arm swings back right into Jameis Winston's elbow and the Seahawks recover a fumble and take it down to the red zone. That's just the narrative. That's the narrative that they want to throw out there. These clowns on Twitter who are verified throw out these narratives that, oh, this is Jameis Winston. This is what Jameis Winston does. Well, if you actually sit there and watch the game, and if you actually look at the play and break down the film, you can clearly see that Donovan Smith is going backwards right into his quarterback. So, of course, Jameis took the blame and said, I shouldn't hold the ball past two seconds. But still, your left tackle is not supposed to be in the backfield with you, <laughs> especially like that, where there's a possibility of a turnover, and that's exactly what happened. Shout out to Rashad Perriman. He showed up in the stat sheet. <laughs> he he had uh he had the most catches he's had all season. He he went over his season total. He had four catches for 42 yards and one touchdown. So <laughs> Brashad Perriman, are we finally seeing Brashad Perriman show up for the Buccaneers as a wide receiver three? I don't know, but the game against the Seahawks was a start. Yeah, you look at um some of the plays that were running the Seahawks game. Uh who 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 you want to talk about?
He's on a tear ever since he had uh, zero receptions against the Saints. Oh, he, he's on that big tear. Right now, he's the second receiver in the league behind only the Saints' Michael Thomas. But we have eight games remaining. Mike Evans is 158 yards shy of 1,000 yards. If he gets 1,000 yards, which he will, possibly in the game against the Cardinals, then Mike Evans will be the only the second player in NFL history to have six straight 1,000-yard seasons. So, people were saying that Mike Evans was done. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he, he's definitely an elite wide receiver. And I feel so bad that we're wasting his prime years because that's what the Buccaneers do. The Buccaneers go out there and waste players' prime years. They've wasted Levante Davids. They wasted Gerald McCoys. They're wasting Mike Evans right now. I know how bad these players want to win. They they want it, and they want it bad. But unfortunately, you don't see the wins in the win column for this team. And it sucks because Mike Evans, in my opinion, is a once-in-a-generational a once player. He He's better than a lot of people think. He's very underrated. People don't look at Mike Evans as a top-five wide receiver. But his numbers show that he's a top-five wide receiver season in and season out. So, I just, I feel so bad for the man because he wants to win. You know he wants to win. You know our team wants to win. You know the quarterback wants to win. He's a winner. He's been a winner his whole career. So, his career in Tampa has not been winning. But some of it is his fault. Majority of it is not his fault. So, it, it just sucks to see these guys' careers being wasted in front of us because we can't get a team that's, Hitting on all cylinders, all three phases of the game. We did, and we lost a tiebreaker to make the playoffs.
I don't blame him for those, though. The referees, for some reason, have it out for him. He he had two interceptions taken away due to pass interference calls, which were um, tic-tac plays where, where both of the players were going for the ball. And some of them actually looked like the offensive player pushed off, but Davis came down with the ball. So, I mean, I really can't blame Carlton Davis for, for those some of the penalties, yeah, like downfield when he's getting beat, yeah, you, you can blame him. But the ones where he's actually making plays and the referees are calling it against him, I can't put the blame on him. You mentioned Bruce Arians coming out and saying that none of the turnovers were on Jameis for the Titans game. He was absolutely correct once you break down the film. Our friend uh, Jameis101, he um, has been in the news lately about <laughs> potentially being Jason Light. Which was debunked. He he's gone on the record. He's done a bunch of interviews. He he is not Jason Light, but he he sits there and he breaks down what Jameis does. He's a Jameis fan. He's a fan of quarterbacks, and he's exactly right in what he does when he talks about Jameis. Jameis has put our team in position to win plenty of times, yet people continue to say wins and losses are a quarterback stat. Wins and losses are not a quarterback stat. If that was true, then Bruce Arians would have never came to Tampa in the first place. Bruce Arians is here for Jameis. Bruce Arians believes in Jameis, and he will continue to believe in Jameis, and he will continue to stick his nose out for Jameis until the end of time. And I'm with you on the on the note that Jameis Winston will be a Buccaneer and will continue to be a Buccaneer. You were the ones you were the ones that were saying he was bad, so <laughs> don't if he goes away, don't say nothing. But we didn't get to him but three times.
Yeah, he he's definitely picked it up since that Giants game where he missed the game-winning field goal attempts. He has missed a field goal since then, which was in this game against the Seahawks at the end of the first half. But other than that, he's been he's been damn near perfect. And the coaching staff has gone on record to say that he's doing a great job out there. Um, and it looks like he is. It looks like uh, fans gave up on him too easy after the third game of the season against the Giants. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Matt Gay for kicking. I believe in the kid. I know the kid is a good kicker. He's he's going to put it all together, and he's going to turn into one of the top kickers in the NFL. It looks like it looks like the return game has shown up since they unfortunately got rid of Bobo Wilson. Be before before we wrap it up, CJ. <laughs> Which they did. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned them getting back into the game. Um, before we wrap this up, I wanted to bring attention to one player in particular, rookie linebacker Devin White. Devin White had himself a game against the Seahawks offense. He forced two fumbles, had 12 tackles on the day, got his first sack. Well, it was a half a sack, but he still got his first sack in the NFL. On one of those drives, he, of course, got... A pass interference penalty in the end zone, but I can't really blame him for that because him and uh, the tight end were were tangled in the end zone on a deep ball from Russell Wilson, and of course the defender's going to be the one that gets called for it. So can't really blame him for that. But shout out to Devin White for 
showing exactly why we drafted him in the first round, showing why he's worth his pick. That's what I'm saying. He had he had two forced fumbles in the game. He he uh he chased down Chris Carson. Chris Carson broke through a big hole on the opposite side of the field. He went 50, 60 yards, and Devin White chased him down and punched out the ball from behind. Luckily for the Seahawks, it bounced out of bounds. But hell of a job by Devin White to to get down the field and go and chase down Carson so it doesn't turn into a touchdown. Obviously, uh, we wish that running play never happened to begin with, but it kind of reminds me of Quan Alexander's chase down uh, strip strip against the Falcons where he took the ball away and then ran ran down the field. It kind of reminded me of that, uh, the breakaway speed that Devin White has as a linebacker. So it looks like he's continuing to build as a rookie and continuing to improve. He's going to put it all together, and we're going to have two of the best linebackers in the league in Levante David and Devin White. Yeah, yep, one hundred percent. Uh before before we wrap up again, CJ, I, I remembered something else. Uh the Buccaneers offense had potentially three touchdowns taken away in three consecutive plays. Tanner Hudson dropped a, a dime pass from Jameis Winston in the end zone. Scotty Miller ran into the back of the end zone out of bounds and came back in and caught a ball from Jameis that they ruled incomplete just because he didn't get both feet back in. I I don't know why he did that. I I I don't know why he did that. He was wide open. He didn't have to run out of bounds. And then the play after that, you have Jameis Winston scramble for a 20-yard touchdown that gets negated by a DeMar Dotson holding penalty. So it's like... We we had the opportunities, we scored, but instead we come out with three, and obviously three wasn't enough in this game because we lost in overtime.
Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, going back to Cali, going back to Cali, second time in two months. So, it, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's gonna be a good time. Obviously, I don't know if I'll be able to do the preview podcast or the recap podcast for the Cardinals game, but if I don't, just just look forward to see how our defense responds against another mobile quarterback that reminds me of Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, a short quarterback who many don't think belonged in, in this league, but so far this season he he's producing, so... If I can't hop on and talk about it, that's just something to look forward to in the game against the Cardinals is how are we going to stop Kyler Murray? That's what I said. I I don't know if I'll be able to do a preview one. So it all depends on uh, what's going on out in Cali, what exactly we're doing, and how your schedule's looking. Yeah, it's five because we had week one against the Niners, we had week three against the Giants, and we had week six against the Panthers in London. So yeah, five home games remaining.
Thank you all for tuning in. Go Bucks.